Hello, welcome to this episode of Going Upstairs, the Open Up Cricket podcast. My name's Mark and what the topic today is going to be is helping a teammate. Something which I think for outsiders looking in would be the greatest thing about team sport that we have an inbuilt facility to be able to look out for those people that we we share the the time with but i'm sure as everyone listening will uh will sympathize with there's times where in team sport you can feel like you're quite dislocated from from those around you but also there's times where it's brilliant and you're in a team environment where you really do feel everyone's got your back and they're quite magical almost experiences um, because often we can't put our finger on why it was that we felt like we were involved in it. It's often easier to pick at reasons why we felt disconnected and, and not being supported but we're going to really go with the positive uh, in this episode. And what I'm going to talk about really are some personal reflections as well as stuff from conversations with cricketers from uh, across the country. And I think when we get that term helping a teammate, automatically we'd start to think about what that means. Is that helping someone very much with their, their cricket, something technical or something tactical? Is it helping a teammate who is struggling with their cricket someone where you might need to put an arm around them or give them a g up or in the context of of our health is helping a teammate about being there away from the cricket when they they really might need someone to talk to and, and provide some support and of course it's a bit of everything so i'm going to try to to just give some reflections on those areas there and really what i hope to achieve by the end of this short conversation is to given everyone who's taken the time to listen hopefully some impetus to make a contact with someone to let them know that you're there and that you you have their best interests at heart and that you want to support them in whatever way that is because this period of covid has, has certainly seen us have less contact less fulfilling contacts with people face to face and as we're coming out of it and starting to play this stage four cricket there is still some of those elements that are lost and there will be people if you look around your club who are missing from cricket who may have just decided it isn't going to be their year and they're going to play golf but there'll also be people who will be quite anxious about leaving what the situation has been so what we often rush to do and I'm as guilty of it as anyone else is just just accept that face value and say okay they're not there move on but this might be an opportunity for us to think about those who aren't there so their absence being something that makes us think about whether we should should reach out but also those who are there and if they're not quite themselves and reminding those people that the greatest gift we can give anyone is our time and our interest we don't need to be clinically trained to be able to make a really big difference with that so in terms of helping someone, this, of course, will be anywhere on the mental health continuum. We've got at one end the optimal mental health that we're all looking towards to be as mentally healthy and fit as possible. And then at the other end, we've got our poorest mental health and fitness. 
and what helping out someone can do at every stage of that mental health continuum is support. If we're wanting to become a better player, to be mentally stronger, mentally more skilled, then it's very unlikely you'll reach that in a vacuum uh, on your own. You will need to have some kind of support along the way, particularly in a team sport. And that doesn't mean someone doing it for you, but it might just be a little snippet of advice or, or guidance along the way. And certainly at the other end of the mental health continuum, support from others is, is really important. Connection is listed as one of the five ways to well-being by uh, mental health professionals across the globe. And that's something that we have readily available within cricket. So that can help us look after our mental health, whether that's to avoid problems or hopefully to actually want to push on and to and to thrive. A quote which I've often used in sessions or just any conversation with players and coaches is something from Desmond Tutu, who may not be the most obvious person to reference in a cricket context. But Desmond Tutu mentioned something uh, a while ago, which I think is very, very important in terms of how we, we can approach this. And his quote is... There comes a point where we need to stop just pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. And I've, I've had a view of society or, or sport or, or anything, any group's um, attitude to mental health has been very reactive. Waiting until there's a problem before we intervene. Almost only giving people the permission to struggle when we can say, right, and here's the, the help and the support. Um, as a result, we end up getting more people in crisis, in difficulties. And almost, in, almost every time you read an account of a famous or not famous person and they talk about a struggle that they've had regarding their mental health and well-being, there'll always be a sentiment in there which says, I wish I'd sought help earlier. And that's what we can do in terms of helping our our friends and teammates, just to be able to push um, push things along a little bit more when things are going okay or things are going well, just to remind people that they do have the permission to be able to talk about difficulties, to be able to recognise when maybe they do need um, some kind of support, which is, which is there. And the five ways to wellbeing are a great way to coordinate that. We've got connect, as I've mentioned. We've got keep learning. We've got take notice, give and be active. All of these are available within cricket and each of them can be cultivated to not only improve the way you play, but to improve your general um, satisfaction in life and your and your your health and, and well-being as a result. So we don't need to necessarily go any further than those five things to be able to help our teammates, help ourselves. Um, by thinking about how each of them can be used to develop some some techniques. And in a later uh, podcast episode, I'm going to go through those um, and talk about some things that have worked for people over the years, which can be used really within cricket to be able to expand that. But some things I, I just want to share, particularly at this time, uh, which do connect with those. First one, if we're thinking about how we can help those around us, I think... Something that is overlooked 
and it's overlooked because it's something we all do every single day uh, so much so we do take it for granted and because it's always there we can often try to find ways of, of chipping away at it and, and sacrificing it in in the pursuit of things which we might consider more important so this is this is what I'm referring to sleep a classic sign of things not going uh, well is uh, difficulty in sleeping or indeed sleeping too much um, being overwhelmed by by tiredness and that's something that we can yeah definitely watch out for when we're, we're trying to help friends but also if we wanted to be proactive of all the conversations that we have we can look up sleep and and introduce that to the conversation and and it's really the case and I heard this mentioned on another podcast and I can't for the life of me remember who said it but sleep is a freely available performance tool that we all have which is so underused we all know what it feels like when we've had a good night's sleep and we feel properly refreshed and we're ready to go out and, and do anything we also know what it's like when we've had a really rough night's sleep and then we have difficulty functioning the next day. So making sleep a priority um, is something that we can encourage in ourselves and others. And some really straightforward things that help that are having that transition before bedtime, not just being on your phone until 5 to 11 and then going attempting to go to sleep straight away or, or indeed whatever your bedtime is. Instead, perhaps building in an hour where you're slowly moving towards a state of sleep from perhaps being quite um, alert, doing something, having the, uh, the light emitted from the TV or your phone, to then actually gradually moving towards going to sleep, um, to dimming the lights, to perhaps having your, your shower or your wash and brushing your teeth and just acclimatising to going towards sleep. Also, people will struggle with sleep often because there's lots of thoughts running around their head. What about keeping a journal and, and before you go to bed get all that stuff out of your head and write it down to get it out of it and one of the things that I picked up which really helped with my sleep was um, if you if you are struggling to get off to sleep say 15-20 minutes is instead of lying in bed thinking about oh I can't get to sleep actually get yourself out of, of the bed have a little walk go and read something really boring and just then try it again because we don't want to make the association between our bed being somewhere where we can't sleep. So there's loads of things around sleep that are important and I think can help not only ourselves, um, but also others. And it might be a bit odd to just throw in talking about sleep in a conversation with someone. But if we're going to be determined to, to help people and make them, um, make them prepared to, to, to do things which can make them healthier, then, then sleep is one thing that's definitely worth talking about. Especially if we see a little dip in someone saying, oh, how much sleep are you getting? That's, I think that's a reasonable question. And it just opens up perhaps the opportunity for them to talk about um, other things there. Now that we're back in the, the um, back, almost back to normal in a lot of things that we're doing, it is possible to, to get out and see people. And exercise, of course, is the classic. Um, we've, got our, we've got training opportunities where we can do that. But also, I think... If we do spot someone, someone struggling a little bit or, or not quite being themselves, we can almost achieve two things in one go by offering them perhaps 
the chance to go out for a walk or to to go for a run or to do an uh, an extra net or do some fielding work because not only are we getting the chance to connect but we're also getting the opportunity to feel the benefits of exercise to get the endorphins pumping around our body to have a sense of purpose and to have achieved something to then start to to feel a little bit better um, if at all possible so that's a classic way that we can help um a friend or a teammate something else that i've i've spoken about quite a bit in recent sessions the sessions that we were doing before uh, the lockdown is this idea of the stress bucket or stress container if you've done a mental health first aid course and this is something i think can be really well utilized to get the message across to people about just understanding ourselves that little bit better and knowing that even when we have difficulties there are things tools and resources within us that can help us overcome them and this can be done purely through a cricket lens and then it gives people the framework to apply it in other areas of their life so the stress bucket just briefly to explain is you've got this uh, in your mind's eye you've got to imagine this now you've got you got this bucket and it is being filled with things um, that are stressful that are things which might cause you anxiety which might cause you tension and this is filling up the bucket so what we would see then if this bucket's getting fuller and fuller and fuller uh, there comes a point where it will overflow or it will break depending on what your bucket's made of so what we need is a tap or something to release things out of it so that we then don't have it overflowing and causing problems as a result and i think this imagery is great because it is an appreciation that we're never going to get rid of stress we're never going to get rid of strain or tension but we can do things that manage it and a big step towards that is to reflect on what it is that causes us stress and worry and that can be done both yeah when we're thinking about a game of cricket we could say right what is it that um that gets in the way sometimes what is it that we're worried about is it the opposition is it your own form is it the the, the context is it the you know particularly unlucky ground or whatever you might think that you're playing at and then thinking about what you've got which can help relieve that um so in cricket that might be well we can make sure that we do um practice against the short ball if that's something which we're worried about for example so just taking that little bit of ownership there and making us feel, or making your teammate feel like they've, there's some control over what's going on can make a really big difference. And I think as well as a great tool for, for us understanding our own mental health, it's, it's a very, very applicable item for use in, in team meetings or team preparation, depending on how seriously um, you and your club take cricket. So that can go in there, definitely there. And, and that links really well with the idea of the goals uh, goal uh, sorry goal setting which we can do a lot of the time we might be quite confused about what direction we're heading in and why we're doing things so having a real connection with why we play cricket or why we do our job or why we spend time doing things can help us reconnect with that purpose and setting goals um, small ones or big ones can also be be motivating and if they're done appropriately can be a really good anchor for people to to base their actions on so again if we're looking at helping a teammate and someone's in a bit of a bit of a rut or they are struggling 
can be that we might help with those goals. Someone's really feeling not themselves. It could be that those goals are some simple things to achieve in that day ahead. For, for example, it might just be simply um, getting up before a certain time, having a wash, leaving the house, doing some exercise. Now, if you're functioning at your, at your peak, those things will just be a given. But if you're, if you're in a difficult place, they might be some really significant things to do. And with each one being achieved, you move that bit further forward. But of course, those goals can be very aspirational. They can be much more involved. But that's something we can give gift to a teammate, help them with that, sit down and maybe go through some ideas of what they could do. And a couple of other things to consider also. I think this time, the, the coronavirus period has really made people think about the importance of a routine. A lot of people who are listening to this will have had their work pattern affected by either having to work from home and operating on a different timetable or being furloughed and found that a huge amount of their time has then been made available to them, which of course sounds brilliant, but under those lockdown restrictions, there wasn't as many things to do with that free time. So routine then is something which people have, have slipped out of and then have found difficult to gain motivation. So in terms of a routine, helping people with that maybe putting your input into it if you if you've got a friend who is struggling um and and he's and you think would would really benefit from having a chat over a cup of coffee or a walk in the park then maybe be putting that back to them and saying well could we meet at 11 o'clock and then they have something which they can start to build their routine around and i think within that routine we've also got the aspects of what goals do we want to achieve in our day when are we getting up? When are we going to bed? Are there things during that de typical day that are things that are added to the stress bucket? Is there something that we can do during the day which then is going to relieve things that cause a stress or tension? Is there a time in the day, and this is something that I've started doing, which I wish I'd done years and years ago. Is there a time in our day where we don't have any other distractions and we just say, that's me? whether it be 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour ideally, where there's no expectations of you. You don't have to be answering the phone. You don't have to be responding to emails, doing what other people want. You're just doing something for you. Now, I'm a big fan of, of mindfulness and meditation, but for people who aren't into that, it could simply be reading a book, having a bath, going for a walk, going for a run, or just sitting there for a bit and not being distracted. Is that something we can afford to give ourselves? Can we encourage others to say, what are you doing to look after yourself in that day? And really being firm about that and making sure that our teammate, if we're trying to help them, knows that the most important thing for them is that they look after themselves. Because if you want to look after others, you're going to need to be okay yourself before you can do that. So that self-care, as we, as we often call it, is really important there. A further thing before I move into this second section about talk about the importance of the conversations and talking is I'm going to mention a bit about alcohol. It's always tricky because club cricket in uh, in the UK and, and other parts of the world is socially very focused around alcohol and the consumption of it. And I've often said that 
I mean, my best, my biggest hobby, more so than cricket or anything else, from the age of sixteen to thirty two was was drinking alcohol. Absolutely committed to it. Top class performer. A list of things uh, that I've done that was stupid as a result of it. Uh, as long as you're on a top hundred, where there's many things that have missed out on that. So I, I'm not saying this as an individual who's trying to lecture others about alcohol consumption anything stupid you've done i would have done in the past as, as well but that perhaps gives me the opportunity to be a bit more reflective and, and realize the link for me that that excessive alcohol consumption had on had on my mental health i mean that's a, a slightly different um category really of, of conversation but if we're looking at helping our teammates having a pint going out etc may well be the thing that, that that creates the bond which might give you the opportunity to have supportive conversations we all know what it's like when you loosen up after a few drinks absolutely so that that can be a positive certainly but we might observe if we're really putting the uh, the eyes on it that someone's alcohol consumption is not helpful it's something which is contributing to or is the cause of some of the struggles and problems that they're having so in terms of helping our teammates, are we prepared to be unpopular, perhaps, by by challenging people on that? Um, I always think one of the things that I, if I could go back in time and ask friends and teammates of my own to, to, to do something different is, I would have liked it, even though at the time I wouldn't have thought it, for someone to have challenged me a bit and say, is this really what you want to do? You know, what? Why are you doing this? Why is it that you you get into these states or that you you do this? And my response at the time was, "Oh, it's fun," and for and for a lot of the time it was. But when things really started to, to not be fun, perhaps having someone to be a critical friend to say, "You know, is this right?" and and challenge me appropriately on that, I think would have made a difference. So. If you're sitting there and thinking about a particular teammate and thinking, well, actually, yeah, the, the way they drink maybe doesn't help. It's 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 tough to try and raise that with people, and we don't want to be there ju- making judgments, uh, of course. But if there's a way of opening up a conversation about that, then it could be for for, for the for the benefit of it. But of course, it's a, it's a it's a call. It's your it's it's someone's discretion. But I just wanted to pop it in there for us to think about the idea of helping a team out and how that, that, that aspect might fit in. Okay, this middle section is really just about conversations and how they can be the key. And in fact, I think are always the key. Very often we're looking for something undiscovered, a hidden gem which is going to magically solve any of the issues problems or challenges in our lives whether that be something to do with sport or or elsewhere but my view uh, is certainly that the things that we need are there anyway it's just a case of actually committing to some action and I've mentioned this over the lockdown quite a lot in webinars and and different online sessions if anyone's been watching the test um, the Amazon series on the Australian um, men's team that came over to England last year you probably have watched it and in fact you're probably like me at the stage where you're about to watch it for the second time in that 
I almost missed it, but Mitchell Marsh said something which really got me. He mentioned to the, the playing group and the, and, the, and the staff, the wider team, that each morning he's going to go out for a walk and finish it with a cup of coffee. And anyone who wants to join him is more than welcome to come along and just have a chat. They're just doing it. They're in a different country. They're away from home. It was explicit that people will have difficulties. And we don't need to rush to a diagnosis of something to only consider that a difficulty. When we talk about mental health, we're not just saying we only help people when they've got clinical depression or they have generalised anxiety disorder, etc, etc. Mental health is, of course, that continuum where we want to be helpful to people that we care about all the way along it, just as we'd want them to be helpful to us. So what was brilliant, and it was so simple, what Mitchell Marsh was saying is... You have permission to come along and talk about something. It might be something that you're really happy about. It might be something that you're just struggling a bit with. Or just simply having someone to be there with and have a laugh with is really, really important. And that's, of course, something that we can offer to someone. And people do it day in, day out. Millions of people across the world sitting down, having a cup of something with someone and just talking. And we can all offer that. And... Being explicit and giving that permission is so vital. Um, and depending on how well we know someone, it might be that we can have a very frank conversation or it might be that we're looking towards having more of a team approach to it and looking to do some things which might Im- um, embrace the ideas of people being more open, more vulnerable um, in a team environment. And later on in another podcast, I'm going to do something exclusively on the power of vulnerability but if we think about that that team environment and how we could do it um just being upfront about it you just think about how powerful this would be if it was received in your playing group someone putting their hand up uh, literally or metaphorically and saying if anyone's struggling or anyone wants a chat i'm here Someone saying that, whether it's in person or whether it's in a a group chat, just make it known. Um, And people will respond to that. Um, People are often looking, crying out inside for someone to talk to about something. Whether it's to share something brilliant that's gone on and they just don't feel like they have anyone to share that with or whether it's something which they are struggling with in their game or elsewhere making it explicit and giving people that permission to talk about it is a wonderful thing and it's something that we a lot of the time in 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 cricket and every sport and every part of life we would say it's implied we wouldn't if we you know good people we wouldn't turn someone away who wanted to talk to us but it's very difficult for you as an individual to maybe have the confidence to to ask someone if they for a moment of their time so the more we can make it explicit the better Um, and it's something that I always have to remind myself to do at my own club with my own friends um, I I, I sometimes fall into a trap of being complacent and thinking oh of course they know they can speak to me because they, they're aware of opening up cricket and other things. But periodically, I do remind myself to say, no, make it explicit to them. Make it known in one way or another. And if nobody responds, then 
okay, perhaps I, I, I can think of other ways, but also trying to get other people to, to buy into that as well. It's an ongoing thing. I certainly don't have the all the answers to that, but, but based on some conversations over the years with players in recreational and professional cricket, having that as a item and talking about it, talking about talking is... Um, is absolutely critical and these conversations a bit like Mitch Marsh was saying do not need to be just about difficulties if we can have more conversations more connections with people and chat to them about the weather and chat to them about what's going on in the wider cricket world what's going on at work what's going on at home and when things are going well talk about it it's going to make it much easier for people when they are struggling to talk to you if you're saying to someone right um you can chat to me um if you know you can chat to me if something's really bad you know if you're really in a hole i don't want you to not talk to me i'll tell you this and anyone else will who's been there that's the most difficult time to talk to someone and if you're almost reaching out for the first time to someone to talk about how you're feeling that's not going to be the time However, if you've had more experience of talking about how you're feeling, even if it isn't the very deepest things inside you, then surely it's more you're more likely to be able to chat them because you, you've realised that actually that person has your back. And, and for me, that's why we why we play team sport, why we why we struggle along with it, because it gives us the opportunity to create friendships. Um and they're not necessarily always these people aren't always your best mates. It might be someone that, because it's a bit detached from other areas of their life, they don't feel able to speak to you within there. But I think what that gives us, if we're able to do that well, is the kind of situation that uh, Justin Langer and Glenn Maxwell found themselves in. Glenn Maxwell, you guys are probably aware, uh, took some time out from playing um, his professional cricket due to um, mental health concerns or a mental injury, if we want to call it that. Now, what led to this time where Glenn uh, took a step back was um, the fact that Langer approached him. Um, and the quote is, underneath the mask, when you build relationships with people, you sense when they're not quite right. I asked Maxwell the day before the Adelaide game. That's when he said, I probably need to have a bit of a chat. Perfect. Through having a environment where people know each other and they they are communicating and they are connecting that enabled that conversation not to be um a one-off or be overly dramatic it was something that was perhaps felt to be a little bit more normal and that's the classic thing with conversations about how we feel if we're more normalized about talking about how we feel for good and for bad then when we really do need that bit of extra support it feels much more natural for us to do and we're aware, I'm sure, of the statistics that one in four people are affected by a mental health problem uh, in any year. So that mental health problem, yes, it could be something to do with a, a, a disorder which is later diagnosed. Or it could be something that is a particular period of stress or, or the outcome of a traumatic life event like bereavement or um, a serious accident or, or injury. But this one in four, of course, it's a lot of people. I always catch myself and I encourage others to do this is to look around the group that you're in and just think, right, one in four, how many people is that here? Um, sometimes I have a bit of a laugh of, of that kind of thing that almost like David Brent did in the office when he said, 
You're not going to lose your job. You're not going to lose your job. You're not going to lose your job. And he skips past someone. So we're not sitting there in the group and going, right, you're going to have a mental health problem. You, you, you are. But even if we're looking at that group and saying, okay, no one here is, it's ridiculous to think that no one that they're close to or they care about would have that. So rather than running the other way and thinking, oh, it can be pretty heavy duty, thinking about this because it affects so many people, it's something that, um, because it is fairly common um, in society, we, we do need to pay more attention to and it will affect people that we play sport with. So some of those potential signs of decline uh, I'll talk about now before moving on to just some things about about listening and, and just how we can be be better at that. Because as, as a lot of people, I'm no different, find myself not being the best listener I could be because I'm rushing to fix it. When the best thing I can do is listen and let that person get some stuff um, off their chest. So some potential signs of decline, and these are generally quite common across different types of uh, of 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 mental health uh, declines, is be looking mainly for a big change in someone. Um, drastic changes, perhaps in the way they are usually, um, or to compare to sort of what we would generally expect. Um, anyone to be like so some things that would be commonly associated that is particularly with depressive illness an unusually sad mood that that doesn't go away and we're talking here about um, a couple of weeks or more people losing enjoyment or pleasure in things that usually they would be and that's a classic for us in cricket if someone just is not engaged with cricket when they usually are this would make us think anyway that we perhaps need to to, to look out for them because we play the game because we're meant to enjoy it um, and this could lead of course to withdrawal or people just not turning up and we're thinking well what's that all about rather than writing it off as them being not committed or anything of an excuse we could think of is that worth us checking in with our mates and also that lack of energy and tiredness that I alluded to the sleep earlier is worth thinking about but some other things around people um, having becoming very bleak or pessimistic and Feeling guilty, having a loss of confidence, uh, difficulty in concentrating, being very distracted and so on. All these things can be indicators of something being a, a, a sign of decline and maybe that they do need some additional support. But what we can always offer a teammate is that is that initial support in terms of a conversation and then push then, then guide them. I said push then, that was a, a, incorrect. Then guide them towards some more appropriate professional help if necessary. But in the first instance, we can just listen. And however we want to construct a conversation with someone, however we might start it, um, whatever words we'd use, whatever we feel is appropriate, just listen. And that is really tough sometimes because we might feel like we've got the answer. And... When it is, say, a cricket-specific thing, of course, it might be that we can provide some solutions and we can talk about technical or tactical things. But I'm talking now more about this is to do with someone's health. Just listening. And, and a great little tip that I picked up um, from the Samaritans was once a person pauses, count to three in your head. This gives time to elaborate further if they need to. It also shows you thinking about what they're saying which will hopefully give them confidence to keep talking. So I think that's that's good to allow that conversation, even if it does stutter or pause, to give them the the space to carry on. 
And uh, other things that are, would commonly be, be good good practice as well are to to summarise what someone has said, um, to show that we're listening and to perhaps frame it in a way which they might not have thought of before, um, just to recount it to them by saying, so if I've, if I've understood this right, you're saying this, this and this, and that's making you feel like this, that and, and the other. And that gives them a chance perhaps to clarify, to maybe explain it a little bit further. But in the times that I've spoken to people um, in, in these kind of situations, I've always tried to then finish by, by saying what's, our, what's the plan uh, in terms of helping them in, uh, get better. And this could be to, to chat again, certainly. But if some of those symptoms and signs that I've mentioned have been going on for at least two weeks... I would then be looking to try and get them towards um, some further support, just like if it was a physical illness or injury. But we do need to remain patient. How many times do we look out for someone and we think there's something that we could that we could maybe be doing um, to assist them, and we get the brush off, we get the uh, everything's fine, or we get maybe quite a hostile um, response to it? Just being patient and just saying that you're there when they are ready to speak or trying again subtly after a certain amount of time is really important and patience indeed in 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 someone with someone when they're when they are getting better so uh, a lot of the time of course when people are struggling with with mental ill health it can be that they'll be quite avoidant and they won't want to be in those situations and people might cancel plans at the last minute or be unreliable by normal standards. But this is all a consequence of trying to deal with what's going on. So our patience there can be really, really important. And just letting someone know that you are there, even if they're not quite willing to to encounter that just yet, can make such a big difference. Now, if we consider our physical, mental health in the same way we consider our physical health, I think that is the the the, the, the greatest um, route that we can explore with that. To say, right, what would we do if someone was struggling with a physical injury for a couple of weeks and it was affecting how they lived their life? We would, of course, get them towards help and assistance. So, if someone is having um, an experience whereby they're not living their life in in the way they usually would, and it's a it's a detrimental effect, then definitely we want to get them towards assistance and of course there's lots of things out there um loads of things that might be based more specifically but two examples that i'm just going to give at the the end here are one of course is for those listening in the uk your gp uh, and of course sorry for anyone else in the world but i'm just thinking through our nhs uh, structure here your gp is there for your mental health just as much as your physical health and if you're uh, or someone else is experiencing signs and symptoms of a, of a decline like I've mentioned them they're the people who can can help you with um, with where you, you go next whether that is to have some some medication being directed towards talking therapies etc that's something which is a, a a step forward counseling directory if you search for that online has lots of options for people um, to be connected with for professional support there um, to talk things through. And of course, you've got the likes of Calm and the Samaritans who are there to talk to people on the phone. And, and if you're listening now and you think, in all honesty, you don't feel you have someone that you would feel comfortable talking about a difficulty with, then these people uh, are vastly experienced in helping people in those situations. And it's certainly not a sign of weakness 
or worthlessness to not have someone to speak to. There will be people across this planet who appear to have so many great connections and people to speak to, but they just don't feel that they can share that with someone close to them just yet. So the initial conversation might be with someone who's a stranger. And actually, it can be much easier to explain things that are very personal to a complete stranger. Um, Carmen Samaritans also offer online services for those who perhaps don't feel able to put it into words on the phone. Um, then you've got those abilities there as well. And of course, um, for those who um, who are who are unable to speak on the phone, for those who um, have hearing impediments or are deaf, of course, the online the online systems are there for for that purpose as well. But knowing that there is some help there is really important. And with the beauty of the internet, we do have lots of opportunities to find resources out there the final one that I, the final two sorry that i will i will throw in here are hub of hope which is an app uh, which provides a breakdown of, of services in your geographical region so that can be to provide to to find much more bespoke specific support as well as general but in your location and i think if we really do want to help teammates and friends and we want to upskill ourselves and be more confident with conversations then i think that um, it's it's essential that as many people as possible take the Zero Suicide Alliance online training. It takes just 20 minutes. And what it does is equip you with some skills to be able to help someone when they're in distress. And that could be that they are, um, they are suicidal or it could be that they are just having a really difficult time. And the things they go through in that training are fantastic for it and give people confidence that if they were in a situation like that where they needed to help someone they would be able to do it so i'll include the links for that um, as well also if through your work or elsewhere you're able to do a mental health first aid course then please do that uh, that of course goes into further depth it's a two-day course and what we're looking to do uh, in the time when things are back to normal and we can have groups in one place is um, through Open Up Cricket and working with Mental Health First Aid. We want to be able to provide that for the cricket community as much as we can um, so that people do have that, that level of, of confidence and knowledge to be able to, to do that from there. So as I wrap it up, I think here I've gone through uh, a lot of stuff about things that can help in terms of um, just looking after our mental health and our and those around us on a day-to-day -day basis, but also just that importance of conversations. And I suppose if there was one thing that I would want whoever's listened to this to take away is just to have the intent to do something, to have um, have in them an appreciation that they can be there for someone that they can help them not just to maybe leave it to someone else or assume that there'd be someone else there to stick your head out there and say i am someone you can speak to and that is so empowering for you but also for people around you so that's my challenge if people could go away and do that in whatever way is appropriate to them then what we start to do is get past this idea that we only speak about these things when there's a problem chat more often chat more regularly try and embed that in our day-to-day -day thing doesn't need to be dramatic just going for a coffee going for a walk having a lap around the pitch whatever it is but just making that a regular thing 
um, and knowing that uh, and letting people know that you're there to talk about that and mental health matters from the optimal that we're all aiming for that we're all working towards on that continuum and of course at the other end when things aren't going so well